Hello, what's up, what's up? Welcome to a bonus episode of The One Inch Barrier. I am your host, Juan Carlos Ohana, and I hope you're all staying safe and staying healthy. All right, so this is part of the 2020 retrospective where we talk about the films that were nominated for International Feature Film at the Academy Awards. I'm alongside the winner, Another Round. Uh, we have already discussed Hong Kong's Better Days and Romania's Collective. The third film will be discussed today. This was Tunisia's official submission for international feature film at the 93rd Academy Awards. Of course, we are talking about The Man Who Sold His Skin, or in its original language, Arjul Aladi Ba'azakhihu, or it translates to The Man Who Sold His Back, written and directed by Kauther Benhania. So for a quick summary of the film, it is about a man named Sam and his girlfriend named Abir, who were separated by the civil- Syrian civil war. Um, he seeks refuge in, in Lebanon and uh, he is forced in a desperate pursuit of um, safety and financial um, stability. He was forced to accept um, the offer of a provocative artist to have his back tattooed with a Schengen visa um, and his back would be his latest artwork. Um, because of that ar- um, arrangement that he accepts, he is turned into a living work of art that is exhibited in a museum na- uh, naked uh, for the most part. And then um, controversies arise with the nature of that artwork, which is his back and him. He is the artwork. All right, so that's a quick summary of The Man Who Sold His Skin. So our guest for this episode is from the Philippines. He is a graduating film student at the UP Film Institute. Woo-hoo! And he is a member of the UP Cineast Studio. Woo-hoo! And UP Optics. Um, please welcome Acer Batislaong. Hi, Acer. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Carlos. Thanks for having me. Finally, I'm here. It's the last time you invited me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when was it? When 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 was the last time I tried to invite you? I tried, um, I invited you. When was the last time? I actually forgot the date, but yeah, what I remember is I had stuff to do, and it was quite last minute, right? It was like the day after. Yes, like I. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize it's for okay. that. But um, yeah, and this was also last minute. But you know, I'm so glad that you jumped in. Yes, and I'm, to I'm discuss sorry. this uh film, yeah, there's quite a lot to discuss but before yes. we get into that can you tell the listeners where can they find you on the internet oh um well they can follow me on letterbox i'm gonna promote my letterbox so excuse me <laughs> um, my letterbox is at acer john me yeah so there's that there yeah there you go so i'm checking it's February 6th. <laughs> it's February 6th when the last time I invited you. And, you know, right. it's already February 28th. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. A year oh, after. Yeah. A year. This this February. Wait, what? This February. Yeah, this February. February what? 6th. The last time you invited me, I thought it was like a year ago. Let, let's see. Let, let, February, tw- yeah. I invited you for February 23, but before that, I invited you February 6, 2020. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. It's 2021. It's one year. Yeah, it was a, oh my gosh. A year. It was a I'm year sorry. Ago. This is, yeah. it's okay. this is the pandemic in me working. I understand. Um, I feel that we're still in 2020, 
right. and my favorite right. film is still Nomadland. So I get. All that. right. <laughs> um, the man who sold his skin. Okay. Um, what have you have you heard anything about it before we just yeah. try to do this well, episode? I remember uh, when when the Oscar shortlist for best international feature came out in like this was in 2020, right? Um, I remember waiting so badly. I was looking desperately for a screener of this film <laughs> online because it was like, oh yeah, yeah. It was like one of those like controversial films, and but then when it finally came and this the screener was available, I got obsessed with other films, so I wasn't able to watch it that year. But yeah, I I knew that it was doing well in the festival circuits, you know, with another with another round with collective. But yeah, I didn't and never expected for it to reach the final five. I thought it was the like the other films um, that were backed like by Netflix. Oh, oh, I'm no longer here. It was backed by Netflix. I thought, it, I thought that film was going to make it alongside Better Days, which was also backed by Netflix. But yeah, never expected it to be in the final five. But yes, that was that was it. I think there were a few, very few people who expected this to make it to the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know that was just, that was one of the things that I observed during the 2020s Oscar season, 2020 mm-hmm. in year uh, in, a year in film, which was um, during the pandemic. It was so easy to get access to screeners. There were lots of screenings right. like, on virtual screenings, which was very helpful. And because that's the problem with people who wanted to catch up with this category is that. Um, there are more than 90 films submitted right. and a lot of them don't are really hard to find or really hard to find like screenings virtual or physical um mm-hmm. the pandemic has forced um distributors and you know uh, people yeah. who handle the film to really um push like several um digital screenings virtual screenings yes. um setting screeners really and it was really one of those um I'm still catching up with it, but yes. um, I, that was all. I was also around the same time. Um, this was a a surprise inclusion. More on that yeah. later. Uh, but now that you've seen it, what did you think of the man who sold his skin? Well, um, overall, I think it's a like a really interesting film. It's an entertaining film. Like it had my attention throughout its duration, primarily because while I was watching it i knew that it was inspired by this like strange true story and i was fascinated by that true story where this was inspired from which is like the artwork of the belgian artist the film del boyer and his artwork tim that was really an inter- interesting um uh story so when i was watching the film it was it was it, it was it entertained me and it was clear like it was it was clear it was the satire of the elitist art world and it's a critique of how the west commodifies the suffering of those from the east particularly the refugee crisis and now it's a dehumanization of the immigrant experience but yeah that was like for the most part of it i was entertained like my favorite parts i would say um one is the visuals like the the cinematographer christopher allen was also the one who worked on the film Capernaum, which also made the final cut in the like in the, in the best international feature film and in the oscars it's yeah i like the visuals of the film because it feels like 
I remember I saw this like interview with the cinematographer and he said that he wanted the film to feel like the audience is going to an art muse museum and the audience is, look is looking at different art pieces. That's why each frame has a different look. And it actually felt like that. It felt like every frame is a work of art. And yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, how about you? What do you think about it? Like, what are your thoughts about it? It was very interesting that you mentioned the the art museum visuals because I agree this is a quite a stunning visually stunning film right um and it has to because it's about art yes <laughs> so yeah um I think it was a very tricky concept it was um it's not the most subtle of things which mm -hmm. I understand because um there's a precedent that happened in real life. But um, I don't think it always works. I agree. I have a feeling that um, in as much as we are in the perspective of... This is the first time that I, try, that I was trying to process mm -hmm. my feelings with this one because the first time I saw this film um, during the Oscar season, um, I just knew that something wasn't working for me, but I wasn't sure how to word it out. So this is like a real-time wording out of what happened. <laughs> but um, I think my problem was I have a sense that the film was interested in the journey of the of the protagonist. But nothing else. Right. I, I felt that it was a shallow attachment. It was interest. It didn't feel like digging deep. Um, of course... Uh, I don't think that it's that works against. I don't think it's because of the film's um, penchant for visuals that really are aesthetically pleasing. But mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's a yeah. Some you, you sometimes get get the feel that it's it's uh, aesthetics for aesthetic sake, whatever. Yes, yes. It's 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 gorgeous nonetheless. I have a I have a sense that the film isn't that interested in digging deep. Um, yeah. It was. It felt like a hodgepodge of several topics. Like I said, like the refugee crisis, the, mm -hmm. commodi the commodification of refugees, the commodification of humans, of art. Um, there is also the element of racism involved because of how like the 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 white Europeans basically could do everything that they want. Yes. Meanwhile, um, uh, Middle Eastern people struggle. They have to turn themselves into commodified art just so they could get the same approximately. The same uh, amount of uh, I struggle. It's not even dignity. It's not dignified. Mm. It's more like access to um, to travel. It's just access to, tra to travel because um, the protagonist, the name of the protagonist is uh, I for, uh, is Samali. Samali doesn't have the liberties. He has to stay in this post for a long time. He could get what he could eat whatever they want, but. He he has the medical attention because the medical attention that would be needed to preserve the art. So. They don't care about him because of him. They care about him because of the art in his back, which in, is very dehumanizing. Um, the film was interested in going through all of that, all of those, but it felt like it was just bypassing yeah. those topics. I yeah, I actually agree. It's, when you asked me what I thought about the film, I first mentioned what I liked about the film. So like, I like the. The, the visuals and all that. I, I mean, yeah. Um, Yaya Mahaini, the, the the actor who plays the protagonist, 
he really is the strength of the film for me. I mean, his spontaneity as an actor, his comedic timing, it's just gold. Um, yeah, I can say that I like some parts of the film, like, um, but particularly the 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 the, the origin story of the film, the, the inspiration behind it is what I like the most. And I agree with how the film is kind of simplistic, like a saw letterbox review that um, that he's. Uh, they said that the film feels like the film is generally is a simplistic crowd pleaser. Um, yeah, the reaction to this film is pretty divisive. Like, I know that it well on RT it it's at ninety one percent, but Roger Ebert like gave it two out of five stars and a critic from Roger Ebert. Yes, a critic from Roger Ebert. Yes, <laughs> and. I, I, I would, Rest in peace, Kate. Yes, I would just like to mention because it accurately like captures my feeling about the film. It says there that it stresses how plainly spelled out the ideological values of the film were portrayed and how the absurd observations on the politics feel offensively oversim- oversimplified, quote-unquote, that the film comes close to be another form of expo- exploitation itself. Um... I kind of agree with that story because the plight, I mean, it, it discusses the, it, it like portrays the plight, it uses the plight of a refugee for a clever but superficial story. Um, yeah, I, I, The Guardian also says that the serious themes of the film are undermined by its naive superficiality, superficiality. And I get that because the film essentially tackles the exploitative nature of Ali's dehumanization, right? It's a contemporary take in the Faustian bargain where um, he has to sell a part of his humanity, humanity out of desperation to live in the country that he wants to be in and to be with the love of his life. But then when the film feels like it presents the surface level or a too obvious or a simplified view of the inner workings and power dynamics that happen in the art world and the complex reality of human trafficking or the humanitarian crisis in Syria. Because to be honest, it felt like that while watching some part of it. It felt all, it felt all too conv- convenient, especially the twist at the end, at least for me, feels too convenient. Then the film seems to be just as exploitative as the things it tries to critique. The, the ending, I don't n- know how to feel about that. It, it leaves such a strange taste <laughs> in me, the ending. Um, but yeah, I just still don't know how to feel about that ending. I mean, overall, overall, the film is entertaining. It's it's more of a crowd pleaser than a seriously heavy film, you know? I mean, Ben Hania, the director, said in an interview that the film is about freedom and love. And I saw that and felt that. But yeah, the film really has nothing to offer more. You know, I was trying to justify... I was trying to be fair to the film. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm um, saying that maybe at that maybe it's simplicity or simplistic approach to the storytelling. It, could you read it as some sort of a parable? Where right. you know parables are simple. They they they're mostly um, yes. loaded with uh, symbolisms. But at the same time, I think films that are like parables, they just share characteristics with parables they should not play out exactly like parables because there's it's they're different mediums and um 
I think that's what lacks in uh, I am sad that I'm not the first person to say that it was superficial. As it turns out, it's like the word is the, the go-to word in uh, criticizing the film. Yeah. Um, I was very uh, struck, though, by the use of the term, like, the film feels like another form of exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a sense that this is probably... I think it has something to do with no, maybe it's not. Because I was feeling, you know, this is a story of exploitation. Yeah. Uh, so, in stories like these, in stories in general, perspective is very important. True. Because that might misconstrue whatever point you have in discussing the film. Mm-hmm. If you're discussing exploitation, but you don't give much humanity to the person that is yeah. being exploited, it the film feels like a replication of the said exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, with Sam Ali's character, it's really weird because we stay with him for the most of the most of the time. Yeah. Um, Yaya Mahaini is, I think, is really wonderful here. You know, he, he gets is, a lot of. Yes. You, you, there are those small moments of silence in between that, you know, where he feels like you sense that he is trying to negotiate his space. Yeah. Even though the white people are throwing him the rules of the the contract which dehumanizes him, him. Yeah. and you have you see those spikes of defiance right. in him or moments of processing knowing that he is the, the sad part of knowing that you are being exploited in that moment mm-hmm. um all of those lead to that um bomb scare it's not it's not a spoiler there's a bomb scare yes. which was very funny and he's both funny. funny and tragic at the same time yeah but and poetic. Um, yeah there is a, a a disconnect i guess with the amount of time we spend with him but not enough to really go dig deep in his side mm-hmm. that even if we are spending time with him it still feels like he is being objectified because at the end, we only know the basic stuff with him. Right. He is in love with Abir. He yeah. wants to go. Um, he misses his family. He is um, heartbroken. That's it. We don't know him that much. And that lends to... And, you know, the, with the film being... Oh, no. I, let, let's see. I was trying to process that. You know, <laughs> when you're saying that it feels like an artwork most of the time of the film. And... When, okay, how to process this? Number one, he is his perspective in the story is not that strong. Number two, the visuals of the film feel like it's like an, an exhibit because of the detachment from his perspective and the perspective of, and the visuals of the film feeling like an exhi- exhibit it then feels like he is under exhibit. Which is the exploitation in the film. And because the me- the, the the medium or the, the language of the film replicates that, the film in turn feels also like an exploitation. Yes. Yeah. Feels like that. I was, <laughs> I was, I was kind of yeah. also trying to rationalize it. Especially the, the, the ending and the feeling of like the... the the film being an exploitation in itself and then you know, I was trying to rationalize it by reading um, a lot of like reviews and opinions from other people to try and also kind of capture um, what my thoughts about it are because I'm really like you know 
I'm like most of the time I'm at a loss for, for words, even if I'm just by myself Same. <laughs> trying to process the film. And I stumbled upon this review on Letterboxd again about the, the film's positive ending. Um, it's a, by Dea. Dea said that, you know, white audiences will complain. I, I, I'm quoting her. White audiences will complain about the narrative's positivity, declaring it unrealistic, calling for more brown anguish in exchange for their white sympathy. And even I was expecting something miserable and dark, and I suppose it still was. But through its optimism, this film never becomes an example of its own criticism, which was so satisfying to see, unquote. And for me, um, what she's trying to say, it, it, she just gives like a new angle to it. Because for her, or for them, the film veers away from appealing to the white sensibility. And it creates a film, and, um, and the film creates, and the film ends positively and one that does not further the victimization of the protagonist. And it, am I making sense? It's like the film yes, yes, ends yes. in that way because in that way and in that sense, it does not appeal to this like dominant, dominant white thought, white sensibility. And for me, that's a good thing. It, you know, it veers off from that normal or like expected uh, plot line. Hey, what's up? Thank you for listening to this preview of this bonus episode. If you want to hear more, please head to patreon.com slash the one inch barrier. For only $4 a month, not only do you have full access to bonus episodes, but you also get early access to regular episodes. Again, thank you so much. And together, let's break the one inch barrier.